one. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition, another amazing conversation with Tara and Ryan. I am Ryan. Tara, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Doing well. And today we have as our guest, uh, oh, I just realized, see, I didn't put it in speaker view. Now I'm correct. And today we have as a guest, Jennifer Farini of Vineyard, Vine- Vineyard Johns Creek and Alpharetta, Georgia, an assisted living and memory care community. What's going on, Jennifer? I'm great. How are you? Doing very well. So the reason I was all confused is because uh, when you do the Zoom, you have to put it in speaker view. So it only records the person talking. So that's why I got a little uh, messed up there. But um, Jennifer, Jennifer, you are part of the NAIPC, the National Aging in Place Council. This is our NAIPC TV podcast. And so how long have you been a member of the NAIPC? Uh, just about two years. All right. And so what was the reason you joined the NAIPC and you continue to renew your membership? What kind of value you were getting out of? What was the reason why you joined and, and um, your kind of purpose for being part of the NAIPC? Well, when I joined, I actually worked for an adult dinner. And so that was the reason for it. And I met someone who was a member and she suggested I attend one of the meetings. And so I did and um, met, you know, just great people. And we were all serving the same community, all had the same ideas and aspirations. And so that's why I joined. And then when um, COVID hit, the adult day, unfortunately, uh, closed for a little while. And so in the interim, I joined an assisted living facility, Vineyard, and um, knew that I wanted to stay with the um, National Aging in Place just because of the, you know, the professional and um, personal friendships that I had made and just the networking opportunities that it gave me, as well as the ability to stay on top of things um, from a nationwide perspective regarding elders and the aging. So it's, it's been a really great beneficial group for me. That's great. And you guys have a new facility out there, right? Is it open yet? It is not. We're under construction and we should be opening right now, today, our um, certificate of occupancy. We should be getting mid-July. So hopefully we'll be, we will be welcoming residents uh, August, September timeframe. That's great. And where is it? Is it located in Alpharetta? I know Ryan was having a lot of fun saying that word before we started. <laughs> it is right near Alpharetta. It is in, it is in the Heart of Johns Creek, um, right near Emory Johns Creek Hospital, and doctors and fire departments, and we're at shopping and um, golf and nature, and it's it's in a great location. Oh, that's great. I grew up in the South. I kind of miss the South and those little town hubs and the shopping and the restaurants and, you know, um, what's your favorite hometown meal? What's now that I'm thinking about food? Now that you're in the South, I miss chicken and dumplings from Cracker Barrel. It's the biggest thing that I miss. They don't, they give me like Chinese chicken dumplings. So that's my big Southern food that I miss. (laughs) Love chicken and dumplings. And you know, it's funny because I'm, I grew up in Buffalo, but my parents were not from Buffalo. My mother was from the South. So we had fried chicken all the time. So fried chicken is still a go-to, you know, if I want some comfort food and luckily Atlanta, we have some great fried chicken places. Um, So yeah, I would say fried chicken. That's nice. I'm not going to ask Ryan about his food preferences. I've learned my lesson on that. (laughs) No, I have a good good one. (laughs) In Colorado, I learned what um, uh, uh, gravy 
and biscuits and gravy were and that was like a game changer those things are so good i thought you were gonna tell the same colorado story for a second <laughs> that's funny so I'm really excited that I met you through LinkedIn, even though we're connected through the Aging in Place Council. And you connected me with, I believe she's your executive director there at um, Vineyard Johns Creek. And she's going to be putting on a great presentation for us next month on senior options, senior living options for aging in place professionals. So maybe um, you could just give us a hint on what options that you all offer there at the Vineyard Johns Creek as far as um, for the seniors that come in. Right, so we have assisted living and memory care. And, you know, I tell people that assisted living and independent living, there's really a fine line. And what I've learned personally, I moved my mother into an independent living a few years ago, and she really could have gone into an assisted living and then she could have aged in place better um, because now she's gonna have to move. So, you know, it's, again, there's a fine line and in independent living, it, you can live here and, and not need assistance. Um, and then when you do, when the time comes that you do need assistance, you know, you, you won't have to move like my mother's gonna have to, and you can just age in place right here. So, um, you know, I think that's a great option. And um, we'll have 77 assisted living apartments and 35 memory care. Oh, that's great. I guess that's probably one, I would guess, common myth about places like that, that you need assistance when you moved in, but there is actually independent living. So um, that's fantastic. I know my grandparents were in a place like that where they just slowly received additional care and it was so easy to have people come to them instead of continually moving them. So that's it great. Is, and I'm always amazed, even going into the, uh, you know, assisted living, the vibrant, um, you know, the, the people who live there, I mean, they are social, they, they want to do things, they're active, they, you know, it, they're not what people have a preconceived notion of people sitting around and, and, and not doing anything. I mean, these, these people want to play games, and they want to dance, and they want to listen to music. So um, even with assisted living, you know, they still have a, a, you know, an activities director and keeping them busy, because that's what they want to be doing. Yeah. That's great. So maybe you could describe the process a little bit behind if a family member is looking for a place like yours, what are some of the questions that they need to ask or some of the steps they should go through? So I think it's good for them to, um, you know, first talk to their parents and see what's important to them. Um, you know, is it care? Is it service? Is it dining? I had a woman come in the other day and her mother was um, you know, those were her top two, care and dining. That's what she cares about. So, um, you know, and address those um, and, and look around. Um, you know, the fun thing I was just telling someone, the fun thing about um, senior living communities is each one has its own different feel. I mean, they're all different. And that's what makes it so great is that you go into one, um, you know, ours is going to be bright and spacious and modern. And, and you know, what I think is beautiful. Um, some people may want the homier kind with the, you know, the stack stone fireplace and the wood beams. And so um, it's just a very different feel. It's like looking for a house. You walk in and you, you know, you either feel comfortable or you don't. Um, so I think um, shopping around is good. Get talking to the people, talking to the sales director, or the, you know, see how the staff is when you walk through the place. Are they smiling? Are they, you know, greeting you. Um, I think that's a good indicator too of, of the care and the service. And if the employees are happy, because if the employees are happy, then you know that the residents are going to be happy. So um, I think it's important to look at all those things and just do your homework. Um, 
and you know that'll make the process a lot easier. So I, I have a theory about the pilgrims that uh, landed in Massachusetts, and I promise I will bring this around to your, your, your industry. I truly believe that the pilgrims landed in Massachusetts and they were very conservative about the land because they didn't know how much land they had. And the further west they kept going, the more that they just said, hey, take more land. Ohio, yeah, we'll give you a ton of land. And then they kept going west and they said, oh my God, we have so much land, Missouri. South Dakota, North Dakota, Colorado, they got down to Texas and they basically gave Texas everything and then it kept growing bigger and bigger until they got to California. They just didn't realize how much land they had. And the reason I bring this up is in Massachusetts, we have these small little states in New England um, and we have a problem where in Massachusetts, the regulations with assisted living, see I brought it back around, the assisted living regulations are very strict, uh, very strict in Massachusetts where it has to be strictly assisted living in terms of very little um, extra assistance. While up in New Hampshire, you have um, different regulations where they can be a lot closer to kind of like a nursing home. They can do a lot more in terms of medical assistance to um, the individuals that live in their assisted livings in that state. So my question for you is, is that where do you, does, does the Georgia laws kind of uh, fall into? Because I don't think a lot of people who might be nationally listening to this podcast or watching this video might realize that what you can do in Georgia is a lot different than what might be able to be done in Florida, which you share a border with, which isn't necessarily in Atlanta. But what are you allowed to do in an assisted living in, in Georgia versus in, you know, what would be other states around you? Yeah, that's a great question, Ryan. And actually, it, I, I honestly think it varies from facility to facility. Like we, there are definitely assisted livings around us that take higher acuity patients than um, maybe we might not, um, you know, I, I know we won't take a trach and, and things like that. So um, Vineyard has its own parameters. Um, and that's not to say, you know, the state's not governing that, but they have their own parameters. And then, you know, the assisted living down the road uh, takes higher acuity patients. So it's just, um, and, and of course, we all want what's best for the residents. So, um, you know, we'll find the best care and service for them, for their situation, but it, it does vary. Oh, that's interesting. Like in Massachusetts, I don't believe they can accept a trach um, person at all, like by law into an assisted living. While up in New Hampshire, they might be able to do that. So it's being in the smaller states with lots of borders and, and being able to travel quickly through states changes the, the, the layout of things. So um, I just thought that might be interesting to find out what, how Atlanta differs, not Atlanta, but how Georgia differs. So I'm curious how you got into aging services. You went from adult daycare to this. How did you how did you enter into the world? Well, it's interesting. My um, my background is marketing and communications, and so I was working. Um, I've been working in churches and schools and um, Kaiser Permanente, uh, different places, uh, profit and not for profit uh, companies. And my um, I had a former boss that called me couple years ago and she was the president of this adult day and she said what are you doing and um you know I told her and she said well I think I have a great opportunity for you that will really hit home and so I went out there and it was the adult day and originally it was supposed to be for um adult seniors as well as disabled adults and they kind of modified it after they opened but I have a, a special needs son and I have an 89 mother that lives in the area so 
kind of tugged at both my heartstrings. And I just I said, you know, I was done. I was like, this is amazing. I didn't even know this existed. And so, um, so I joined them. And then when, um, like I said, they closed for a little while, they're back open. But when I closed, um, I knew I wanted to stay in senior living. I hadn't been in it that long, but I had met such amazing people, um, just so supportive. And I loved working with seniors I found. And I just, it was just, it was my place to be. So um, I, you know, I'm in gratitude to her because she brought me into the area, but I, I, I won't think of leaving it now that I'm in it. I just, I just love it. So. That's great. I think uh, one of the common themes we're seeing here is everyone we've been interviewing has had a personal connection somehow or a personal experience with their family um, or a loved one that has gotten them into this um, work. Uh -huh. And so it makes it extra special and gives it a, a little more meaning for me personally, and I'm sure for you as well. So um, I'm really excited that you joined us today. And it was great to get to know you a little bit more and learn about your organization out there. Is there any question that you wish people would ask you? Any one thing that you'd like to share that no one ever asked? <laughs> uh, you know, I want people to know that we're, especially now before we open, that we are a resource uh, for caregivers and seniors in the community. We, uh, we really try, you know, we get phone calls from people who have $1,400 a month to spend on rent and they need help. And so we really try and put them in touch with those people. So I think just... Um, you know, and, and when you're looking, you don't have to do it alone when you're looking for a place for your parent um, or if you need in-home care, um, you know, you, you don't have to do it alone. There, there are people that can help. There are companies that can help you do this and, you know, you don't have to pay them and they will help you find help. So um, I think just knowing that those resources and that support is out there is really important because I did not know about it when my mother was looking and um, I wish I had. So one thing that I think is, is interesting is that a, with the Massachusetts chapter that I'm the chair of, um, you know, we, since we're new, we're basically a year and a half old. We, we haven't had the, uh, the turnover yet that can occur with different people deciding to continue their membership or maybe people that, that decide that it's not right for them. Um, what I think is interesting is you found value in, enough value in the NAIPC that you were doing this as an individual, not necessarily connected to the business that you were part of at the, that point in time, which I think uh, speaks vol volumes of the, the, um, the, uh, the benefit that you're getting out of the group. Um, in terms of people that maybe are, are considering the NAIPC or in, in for me personally, um, with, with being in the group for two years, with being in a bit more of established group, what do you find is, is you're getting the most out of with the networking? You've mentioned that the, the group and the networking is, is good. Where, where, where are you finding the most amount of value out of that? Has that helped you with finding maybe other jobs? Has that helped you with um, expanding in opportunities within your sales and marketing? How have you seen that work for you in the, in the past? Um, you know, I think it's just being able to reach out, um, you know, to Mary Lee and say, hey, you know, what's going on right now with, with this and, um, you know, rights for elderly, you know, for seniors, what's going on or, um, you know, who has information about the COVID vaccine or, uh, you know, a senior called and they want it, but they're not in the community. So I think just being able to reach out to all the different people um, to help seniors and, those relationships. Um, and, and they've, 
you know, they've been offering a lot of online things as well, the Zoom or the webinars and things like that. So being able to, um, I think they've done a great job at keeping people um, connected through the group, even in this time of, you know, people doing things virtually. That's great. I mean, it's, it's, great. Well, it's if anyone's interested in, oh, I was frozen for a second. Sorry. If anyone's interested in learning more about our organization, you can go to ageinplace.org uh, for consumers and our back office is naipc.memberclicks.net. And if people want to get a hold of you, Jennifer, how do they find you? Uh, they can actually visit our website, www.vineyardjohnscreek.com, and um, they can find me that way. <laughs> Great. Well, thanks for joining us. Ryan, you have any last words, drops of wisdom to add? <laughs> no other drops of wisdom. Thank you so much, Jennifer. I appreciate you coming and, uh, and, and being part of this and supporting uh, the NAIPC and the new Endeavor with the podcast and, and uh, NAIPC TV. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you both. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here and it's been very nice talking to you. Awesome. And thank with that you. being said, thank you all to our listeners and viewers for joining in and watching this episode of Conversations with Tara and Ryan. Thank you, Jennifer, for having, for, for having us, for being on and letting me stumble through the end of this podcast. <laughs> so thank you all very much and we'll catch you on the next one.